Hello, this is Orlando Mayor Buddy Dyer. Welcome home. So we're into tower. We are ready for takeoff. Manténganse alejado de las puertas. Hey, it's Amy from DVC Clubhouse. Hey, Clubbers, it's Scott from DVC Clubhouse. Hey, it's Kathleen from DVC Clubhouse. Welcome aboard, it's Phil from DVC Clubhouse. Welcome back, everybody. We are here with another episode of the Debrief Podcast brought to you by DVC Clubhouse. I am Amy, and I am joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Phil, Kathleen, and Scott. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Welcome aboard, guys. Hello, everybody. So we are back this week talking about split stays. We kind of touched on them um, on one of our last episodes and decided that it needed a little bit more airtime so that we can talk about the virtues or the non-virtues of a split stay. I know that I am a, I'm a fan of the split stay. I know Kathleen and Scott don't mind them either, but Phil has very strong feelings against them. That's so an understatement. We, yeah, I was going to say, Phil, since I know that you have strong feelings, why don't you go ahead and, and uh, give us your unbridled opinion on the split stay? I, I suppose an unbridled opinion. For us, you know, we talked about it in the last episode. We have two little kids who are 9 and 11, or going on 9 and 11. And we have done split stays. I think we actually had one trip a couple of years ago where we were split between three different resorts. And I could go down the list of all the things that we don't like about them. We love seeing the different resorts. We love being able to bounce from someplace like as in the last episode from Seven Seas Lagoon over to Crescent Lake, we like the idea of seeing different places of different experiences of the different room types of the different access to parks. But from our standpoint, there are just far too many detractions for it, especially with little kids. I think it was a lot easier maybe when they were little, even though you were carrying more things with you. But having to go from resort to resort is just a hard stop in our vacation that to us isn't worth the benefit of seeing the different resorts. You mentioned in the last episode that you had, what, like seven days and stayed in 22 different resorts over the course of that seven (laughs) days. I mean, it sounded like torture to me. Um, I mean, it wasn't quite that long of a trip, although I would love to be able to take a 22-day trip. But it was a 10-day trip, and we did five resorts over the course of that time. The length of stay at each resort varied. So I I started that trip with one night at Boardwalk. And in fairness, that was not a part of the plan. We had to leave early because there was snow predicted. And we were fortunately able to get a standard view studio at Boardwalk and fly out um, a day early so that we did not have to then be delayed and then miss our trip. So we we started with one night at the Boardwalk. Then we had two nights at Deluxe Studio at Grand Floridian. Then one night at Riviera. 
and then three nights at the Polynesian, I think, and then three nights at Beach Club. We were all over the place. And like I said, they, you know, they varied in length. But were I've they the same room trips. type? Were they studios across the board? Yes, they were all deluxe studios. And I've done different trips where it's been three nights where I've done one resort each night or four nights where I've done one resort each night. I've done various combinations of, of split stays. And just to back up for a minute, just in case there's anybody who is listening who is not familiar with the term split stay, it is a term that we use in amongst the DVC crowd to explain or, you know, just to label a vacation that you take at Disney World where you stay at more than one resort over the course of that one trip. The reason varies. A tip, if I'm being totally honest, I don't necessarily ever book a trip saying, oh, I'm going to book a split stay for this trip. It's typically because I'm either piecing a trip together or because there is something very specific about that trip where if I know that I want to be in this area for this specific thing, but I want to be in that area for this specific thing. So I guess that is intentional, but it's more about for a very specific reason than just because I'm booking a trip and just want it to be a split stay. Scott and Kathleen, where are you guys on this? I absolutely love split stays. Um, I know that we did... The biggest split stay we've done was eight days, five different resorts. Yeah. That just sounds awful. It was all studios. Um, the only thing I don't like about it, and I think you mentioned it before, Phil, is you're like homeless for that part of the day. I don't really care for that, but I mean, that's when we would go to the pool or, you know, a park. But Yeah, but you never know when you need your room. I, I know. I get that part of it. Like, you just never know when you might need a place to, to chill. So having a homeless day or, like, a, a time throughout the day when you don't know when your next room is going to be ready made it kind of hard. But I don't know. It's not as bad. You know, we talk about, like, if you have little kids, obviously it's going to be a lot more difficult. You can never really relax. feel like you're always living out of a suitcase. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that I would do it if I had little kids. I mean, my daughter's 16 years old. Your daughter's, you know, 22 years old, so it's a little bit different. But I would never do the five again over eight days. I wouldn't do that again. I just think it depends, too. Like, we've done them, and we were kind of smart about it, too. Like, you can purposely book, like, the one bedroom at the end of your trip. And that is key. I bet We've break. done it where we had to go back to a smaller room, and man, does that hurt. The one thing about the split stay, the last one we did, we were at Poly for, I think, five or six days which was great we got our polynesian fix then we moved over to a one bedroom at copper creek and moving from that studio to a one bedroom is magical you walk in there and there is so much space to spread out doing it in the other direction you'd probably have to just take away my shoelaces oh no thank you yeah yeah i think as a general rule in any you want to be even if you're staying in the same unit you want to make sure that you are starting with the smallest studio and then moving up to a bigger one. So typically on the trips that I have done a split stay where I have stayed at Bay Lake, that is always the first night because that is the smallest studio other than a, a, a tower studio. But for the studios that are, you know, deluxe studios, I prefer to start there so that then I can kind of feel like I'm upgrading to, to a bigger room. 
You mentioned the homeless day. I think it's especially difficult with kids. I think if it was just my wife and I, it wouldn't be so bad because we have the ability to wake up in the morning, go to the park, and if we're getting tired, there's plenty of places we could go hang out. We could go find a lounge. We could go find a quiet place in the park. But when you've got two little kids, especially the way we vacation, so let me back that up a second. Our typical touring style for the park is to get up early, get to rope drop or somewhere near rope drop, maximize that first couple of hours, maybe or maybe not grab lunch in the park, then go back and spend the middle of the day in the pool in order to relax the kids, give them some downtime, they're not oversensitized, and then grab a shower, get a change of clothes, feel fresh, and go back in for dinner and maybe another hour or two in the park. So when we've got little kids on that homeless day, we hit 11 or 12 o'clock in the afternoon and they're done. They want to go back and they want to swim. And on that homeless day, you do have options to go to either pool. It's just not as easy. And if they're getting crabby or they want to sit down and, and watch half an hour of TV to chill out, you don't have that option. So that for us is the biggest problem with it. Now, with that said, we found some workarounds for when we do have to split stay. Uh, our latest thing is instead of taking a first thing in the morning 6 a.m. flight to get down to Disney, I've been booking flights for the evening before. And then we just get a small studio to have a layover night so we can start fresh in the morning. And that's not terrible, but what we've now done is made use of the lockers inside the park. So we will give our bags to Bell Services for the transfer. I think in this trip, we're actually staying at the same resort, a studio to a one-bedroom, so it's even easier. But we have a backpack that's got some snacks, a really easy change of clothes, and some bathing suits. And as soon as we get into our park for the day, we stuff that bag in a locker. So regardless of what happens, we can pick up that backpack on the way out the door, and we can at least park them at the pool with a bathing suit and lunch, either at the resort we just left or typically the resort we're going to. But that homeless day is just brutal with little kids, and that is probably the biggest detraction and I've got a list of the issues I have with it but that is without a doubt the top of the list of what we don't like about those split stays with little kids is just having that five or six hours and I've had a room be ready at 11 o'clock in the morning but I've also had a room be ready at 5 five thirty at night and by that point now you've got a dining reservation because we always try and have a sit down dinner at night now you're hot you're sweaty you left the park the kids are getting crabby you can't shower you can't change and you've got to go try and find a dining reservation so by seven o'clock that night those kids are wiped out i think the the truth about the split stays are that you have to be very strategic about them and i would imagine that for some people that's annoying because you're already doing so much planning and strategy where your vacation is concerned already. It definitely is helpful when you're on those days, kind of like, because I, I actually never really feel like it's a homeless day. It just feels like a day that, you know, I am intentionally, for the most part, it's a day that I'm typically not going to commit to being at the, to rope drop a park. I will get up and maximize the amount of time at the resort in the morning. So whether it's having breakfast, sleeping in, uh, morning pool time, and then coming back and, and kind of getting ready for the day. And then typically doing something that is, you know, centered around the afternoon into the, you know, the dinner time. So maybe like from like the noon to five o'clock to really plan something that's going to take up that bulk of the day. 
so, you know, something that I like to do on that homeless day is like go to Disney Springs. Like I'll head over there and have lunch, walk around the shops or depending on what the resort is that I'm going to. For instance, if I'm if I'm going to Boardwalk or Beach Club, I can find ways to occupy myself over there, having lunch, walking around the boardwalk, popping into the different resorts. Even that's like a great day for me to just like pop into Epcot because when my resort is ready, I can just walk out of World Showcase and, you know, arrive at the resort. But it it, it also, there's like strategy involved in deciding whether or not I'm going to give my bags to Bell Services and have them transfer or if I'm going to just take an Uber over and drop my bags off with Bell Services at the resort that I'm checking into so that those bags are there. Because it is, I have had only one time did I have a situation where my resort was ready. I arrived, went to the, and this was at Saratoga Springs, and I went right to the room and it took forever for Bell Services to bring me my bags, which probably would have happened whether I checked them with Bell Services or took the uber over but it it is annoying when you want access to your stuff and you're in your room and you don't have it and so you run into that threat a little bit more when you are leaving your bags with bell services and and having them transfer because they give you a window but it's not guaranteed to arrive during that window so if you are rope dropping clearly you have to bring your bags to bell services so they will transfer them but for the most part on my trips i i really try to bring my bags over myself if I know, well, I mean, I can't really say that because it really is dependent on where I'm staying and what I'm planning to do that day. But so it is kind of like a toss up 50, 50, whether or not I will transfer the bags myself or I will have bell services transfer them for me. Well, that's another benefit too for Scott and Kathleen, because typically they're driving in, they can just take their bags out to the car and the bags are immediately available to them. So that's a game changer. That's exactly what we do. We leave the resort, we go, we head over to the next resort, and we just leave the bags in the car until our room is ready. And then once the room's ready, we just go back and get them. Or sometimes we do check them with bell services. I think it just depends. It just depends. Yeah. But we have been very lucky on um, getting our room at a good time. We've never really waited that long except for one time. One time at Beach Club. And that was at Beach Club. Yeah, but the trick is we've learned that we tell them that we're hanging out at the resort because they always ask that question. Are you going to go to the parks or are you going to hang out at the resort? So now we just tell them we're going to be hanging out here. And it seems like every time we've got our room early when we said that. Mm -hmm. That's another trick too. Everybody loves to use the online check-in. I will still, even with an online check-in, make it a point to go to the front desk because you would be amazed once you've got a couple of cute kids in tow that are all anxious to get to the pool and get to their room, how quickly they will find you a room if you go to the front desk. We have always found that... They might have one ready to go for you and they'll even give you the option of, well, it might be on a lower floor or it might not be exactly what you want. You can take it now or you can wait for the one like a higher floor or whatever you might have requested. But It's always worth the shot, in my opinion, to go to the front desk and just let them know you're checking in. I mean, I'm not going to lie. We're going... Our December trip, we're going, we've got a studio at Old Key West for the night, then we're moving to a one-bedroom. And then in January, when we're down there for my daughter's gymnastics at Wide World of Sports, we've got a studio overnight into a two-bedroom. 
I'm going to the front desk and I'm just going to casually drop the fact that we're moving to a one bedroom the next day or we're moving to a two bedroom the next day. They don't have to give me anything, but hey, you never know by going to the front desk. Maybe they go, hey, it just turns out we've got a one bedroom. Let's put you in there for the entirety of the stay. And it's always worth the shot to go to the front desk. You, you never know. We always do the online check-in. But we always, but we always walk, in. walk in and go immediately to the desk because there have been times where rooms have been ready and we took them. If you guys have done split stays before, have you ever been pixie dusted? Going like one or two nights, have you been like pixie dusted and upgraded? Yeah, I've only been pixie dusted once and it was at the, my first resort. And sadly, it was I was pixie dusted. I was upgraded to a two bedroom and then moved to a, a different resort that was a studio so i mean it was nice oh. to get the don't oh that stings nice to get the upgrade but it was it was me and my daughter and so we had two separate rooms and then we had to do the rest of the trip sharing the room so we, we had a, a little taste of the bar was of our own and... you know our own space little taste of how the other half lives <laughs> yeah We've gotten some great views um, and upgrades, but it hasn't been during a split stay or, to my knowledge, due to a split stay. It's just been the luck of the draw where we've booked a standard view, and the next thing I know, there's fireworks and everything popping outside my balcony. It will, like, if you have a shorter stay, if it's, like, one or two nights, I've heard, you know, a lot of people say they get lucky and they get upgraded just from those one-night stays. Well, because it's a lot easier to upgrade you for one night than it is to upgrade you for ten yeah. I well, know, I and, just... and while I haven't really been pixie dusted, I have like nine out of 10 times gotten my room request or something very close to it when I have split stayed. And I think, again, to that point, it's because it's a shorter trip. So they're putting me into a room for, you know, one to three nights. It's not looking at 10 nights in a row or seven nights in a row in that same room. So I always put in fairly specific requests and the requests are either met or most of the time even better other than that one time that I had that terrible view at Boulder Ridge where I was literally looking at the laundry staging area and I called it the behind the magic. I, I, I joked that it was a it was an actually an upgrade and it was the behind the magic view. We talked about transferring bags, and I think for me that's number two on my list. I don't know about you guys. With two little kids, we always do a grocery delivery on our first real night at the resort just for things like breakfast. I'll pay huge money for a Disney dinner, but nothing irritates me more than paying $89 for a breakfast of Mickey waffles and some reconstituted scrambled eggs. So we'll have coffee delivered. We'll have cases of water delivered, snacks for the kids during the week breakfast foods and especially now with Disney's hesitance to deliver groceries that becomes a bigger problem now I can't do one grocery delivery than another grocery delivery or I have to start balancing what's getting delivered at either time so with a split stay we find that it's more difficult to have the food we want in the room and get it transferred and what am I leaving what am I taking versus having that one long stay and just being able to get one big grocery order at the beginning of the trip and have it available to us for the entirety of that stay. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I we typically did, don't do a grocery up. delivery. I have done water, and they'll transfer the waters. My son has a $100 a week chocolate milk habit, so you can't be leaving that in your bag and having it run over by Bell Services. Do you guys, just out of curiosity, does anybody have an owner's locker? We never have no. one. 
I mean, that's the thing with us. We've we've also got an owner's locker that's got all of my chargers, all of our sunscreen, the toiletries, the things that we pack every single trip, especially those things that we pack in checked bags that can't go in a carry-on always stay in there for us. So that's the other thing for us is now we've got to set up the room the way we like it with the chargers and the towels and the toiletries. And then two days later, we've got to break it all down. We've got to put it back in the owner's locker, put it back in the suitcases, get to the next room, set it all up. And that's the other thing on a split stay. I inevitably leave something in the room we just left and don't realize it until about 12 hours into the room we just checked into. I have this horrible habit of leaving things in hotel rooms. And for as much as I travel on business, that's an expensive mistake on a regular basis. It's just one more little thing that just, it makes me hesitant to do a split stay knowing I'm going to leave a nightlight behind. I'm going to leave a charger behind. I'm going to lose something along the way. Do your kids enjoy split stays or they don't, don't they care? They like the idea of the split stay right up until that homeless day when they have that realization at about noontime that they can't get to their bag to get what they want or they can't go back into the room to throw their feet up. They like the idea of seeing different resorts. They like the idea of being able to do Polynesian and boardwalk in the same stay. But there's always that point during the room change where I start hearing the gripes from both of them because they don't have somewhere to go back to. Even though we can go to the pool... Since we figured out that locker trick, I think that makes it a little easier. But that one homeless day always seems to be a problem. You know, we're very specific in how we vacation with our kids. We learned very early on that they want to go, 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 go. They would love nothing more than a rope drop to after fireworks park commando. And that's good for about 36 hours. And then we start to see the roller coaster. We were coming back on a bus to, I want to say, Yacht Club some years back. And there was this nice couple that was on the bus with us. It was just us. And the kids were just having a good old time. It was probably noontime or 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And the woman actually said on the bus, your kids are so well behaved. We come here all the time. We've been vacationing here for years. And we always see these children melting down and the parents pushing them. And and you guys have got it figured out. You take the kids back. We always build in a break. We build in an off day. We always build in off time every single day. And I started laughing. I said, ma'am, I can make my kids cry at home for free. Way too expensive to make them cry at Disney. (laughs) So I have teenagers and... They enjoy split stays, but they don't like the very short stays and like moving frequently. If we are going to do a split stay, they are more like they would rather have a bunch of time at one resort, kind of more like you do it, Phil, where it's like a bunch of time and then you move. They don't love moving frequently because it, I mean, part of it is just they are teenage girls and they're a little messy. And if they need to pack every morning, I have gotten it down to a science for myself with packing cubes and knowing which, like having a packing cube per day. So I love packing cubes. Gosh, I love packing cubes. And for me, they are like a must for split stays because it allows you to know what you're going to need for each day and not needing to worry about digging through your bags to know what you're going to need for that day. Once you're like surrendering your bag, it's just, it's like a little bit of that pre-organization. But when you're dealing with teenage girls who are basically like animal from the Muppets and I am telling them, you said that, wait till I see, (laughs) wait till I see them. I'm telling them that that's exactly how you describe them. They'll know. I mean, there is a video that exists out there of what the room looked like. They each brought a friend 
And this time we did not split stay. Well, that's not true. We stayed one night at Animal Kingdom Lodge because to your point, it was like a late night. We got a, a lower point room and then we moved over to um, a resort studio. And each of my kids brought a, one of their friends. So there was four teenage girls and me in a resort studio. And by the end of that trip, that room looked like, I, I, I don't I don't even know. It, I feel like a, the, the scene from Twister where it's like, we have cows. We have cows. Yeah. It's just, just, just a whirlwind and yes. just hairspray and facial saw, lotion. It's just I everything flying thing. by. I saw that yeah. video. It was, uh, it was something. <laughs> Yeah, so that's why my kids hate split stays because that's kind of their MO and then they need to be gathering their stuff and packing every morning. I also did a split stay with my sister and my nephew, Alex, and and my daughter, Allie, the four of us. And Alex and I loved it. I mean, Alex is a, a, a budding Disney fanatic and wants to stay at as many resorts as possible. So this was this actually was an intentional split stay so that Alex could check as many resorts off the list as possible. But my sister on the other hand who is a very organized person, she is somebody who likes to take everything out and there's a place for everything and everything in its place and kind of to your point, like set up the chargers and, and all of the things that she brings to I want a vacation you know, with her. She is yeah. my kind of person. <laughs> That's exactly so what she, Scott does. Yeah. So she does not enjoy the split stay because she does not like once she's settled, she wants to be settled. Scott, quick question. So you check into the resort. You take out your toiletry bag and you walk to the bathroom. What happens next? I want to see if you're as OCD as I am. I take out the toiletry bag. I go to the bathroom. All of Well, I have my own toiletry bag. Yes. <laughs> so all of my stuff goes on the right-hand side of the vanity. And then you have your own space over there. But I immediately, the first thing I do is I set up the chargers. And what else do I do? I don't know. I take everything out. You take everything out and you put your clothes away. You actually utilize the drawers in the closet. Yeah, but I, yeah, I look at that and. But the first thing you do, you do plug in the chargers. Yeah, that's that's always the first thing I do. I make sure that there's USBs and plugs, and I charge that. You know, our phones and stuff. But that's pretty much it. So I do the same thing. The chargers go in, the clothes get put away, but my wife makes fun of me for this. I will walk into the bathroom with my toiletry bag, and yes, I have my toiletry bag, and I fold up a face cloth, and I lay it across the right side of the vanity, and everything gets placed on top of the face cloth and in order so it's all laid out nicely for me to use as I see fit. It's like one I of my little that. OCD issues. That. Yeah, that's, uh, that's Perfect. <laughs> well, we learned the, the trick. What was the newest trick where you take the cup? And you put the, the toothbrushes in it. Because we had the toothbrush holders where we just left them in the toothbrush holder. But Amy taught us the cup trick where we just put the, the toothbrushes in the cup now. I actually have a travel <laughs> charger for my electric toothbrush. And the charger gets plugged in and the toothbrush goes on top of it. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. Though. I use the, um, the cups in the resort to put my toothbrush and toothpaste in on the counter. So that I don't have to. There's no chance that they you know that it'll actually touch anything that I don't want it to touch so that is like the one thing that I do because I also my toiletry bag has a hanger on it so I just hang it off of a hook so that everything is because I don't like the countertop to be cluttered with stuff I prefer to keep everything in the toiletry bag have it hanging on the door so that then I can just keep that countertop free and clear 
I'll do my makeup and then I'll have makeup all over the place when I'm doing my makeup, but then it all gets put away and goes back into the, to the larger, like hanging toiletry bag. So do you completely unpack like everything? Like what's the limit? Like, does it have to be at least two nights to completely unpack? So no, because I use packing cubes, I'll typically take out the packing cube for the next day and put it in a drawer I'll leave the rest of the packing cubes in a suitcase that I'll leave on the luggage rack, either in the closet or in a space that a free space in the room. So you use the packing cubes for each day. You have a day per cube where everything's set out and ready to go. Yes. We use it a little differently. Uh, Interesting. We never use packing cubes. Am I I like, like behind the times? Oh, I know what you're getting for Christmas. Yeah, I don't even know what this is. It will revolutionize your life and your travel. Take my word for it. I, we should get an advertising fee for packing cubes. We could have a whole episode about how I pack my packing cubes, how I roll my shirts so they don't <laughs> wrinkle, how it gets laid out in the drawer. They're phenomenal. So I, you're, you're telling me in my suitcase I can have like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday separation. That's how I use it. Other people use them differently some people will put all of their shirts in one all of their pants in another that's how i do underwear in another but i do it because i have really been i think i've been doing split stays for like basically 95 percent of my trips recently i use it by day so that when i'm moving i know which and when i pack i organize them in order so that the top one is always like the next day so So that when i are there different sizes? I'm on Amazon. There right now. are different sizes, and I have a bunch of different sets because I also kind of like to mix and match um, the patterns so that I know so that each day kind of also has like a different pattern. For um, those that can't than... see at home, I am actually showing packing cubes on screen, so Kill we have the them. Vanna White. <laughs> And yes, it's all these wonderful prizes. So we have ours separated both by size and by color. So the kids have blue packing cubes. I have gray packing cubes and my wife has purple packing cubes and they come in various different sizes. So for instance, the little one will have all of my lacy undergarments that I wear. The medium sized ones will typically exactly my, I couldn't even keep a straight face there. In my Speedos. My banana hammocks. We got to use banana hammock in a podcast. So then I'll get a bunch of medium-sized ones. I'll roll up all my shirts. Those will go in the medium-sized ones. You know, my bathing suit, things like that. And then the larger ones for, you know, maybe my rain jacket, pants, things of that nature. And the cool thing for us is we separate them that way. So as I'm unpacking, I know where each color is going. And I am one of those people, probably because I travel so much, I hate living out of a suitcase. Even like I just got back from a business trip where I was gone for four days. I was in three different cities for three different meetings. And I don't want to have to live out of a suitcase because then it gets very disorganized and I don't know where my dirties are and where my clean clothes are. So we'll just take the packing cube, unzip the top, put them in a drawer, lay them out. And especially with the one bedrooms, because you have the washing machine and dryer is we're using things. It goes into the laundry. And then when it comes back out, it goes into the packing cube. And at the end of the trip, you just zip it back up, put it back in your suitcase and you go back home. And 
that's another thing. We are insistent on washing our clothes before we leave out of those one and two bedrooms because it makes life so much easier when you get home. And then you get home, you take out the packing cube, you give it to the kids to take to their rooms. My wife and I will take ours to our room. You unzip the packing cube, everything goes back on the shelf, the packing cube goes back in the suitcase, and you're done. Trust me, get packing cubes. Phil just said that he uses the medium-sized one for his shirts and the extra small one for his banana hammock, (laughs) just so we're clear on that. I got nothing. (laughs) Well, I mean, there's no backside to the banana hammock, so they are rather lacy and revealing. I'm on Amazon. They're relatively cheap on Amazon. Not the banana hammock. We're talking about the the cubes. The packing cubes. Yeah, you just want to make sure that you're you're not getting one where the zipper separates because I've gotten some of, like, the less expensive ones on Amazon and the zipper qualities aren't great, so... Just be aware of that. The The great thing, too, about the packing cubes is that they're – I have packing cubes that I never unpack that have, like, my mouse ears or the things that I only use when I travel to Disney. I keep them in packing cubes that I keep in a drawer or a closet shelf that when I'm ready to go, I just grab those packing cubes and throw them into my suitcase. My wife uses her lounge flies for that. She keeps all the ears that she uses on a regular basis inside the lounge fly, and then the lounge fly just goes into the suitcase, and that's what she travels with. Speaking of which, Kathleen, I have I, yeah, perfect. Nobody at home knows what we're talking about. I, I'm buying a bag from Kathleen from the yard sale for my wife, and I told her just to hold on to it until we see her. Oh, I see what you're saying. From from our Facebook virtual garage sale that we had. So for those of you who might be listening who are not members of our Facebook community, here's a shameless plug. Go to Facebook and request to become a member of DVC Clubhouse. And also follow us on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. Anyway, back to split stays. <laughs> well, we have to get packing cubes. We do, yeah, because that's really nice. But you have, we have your own suitcase for the ears, though. Yes. Like, that's good. So we just took a, 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 we just, there was like that packing cube tangent, which was great because it's very relevant to the split stay conversation. Because again, I feel like packing cubes are very central to my split stay strategy. There is another pro about split stays that I love, and it's that. Every time you switch resorts, you're walking into a completely fresh, clean room. And, you know, as DVC members, our rooms are not cleaned daily. So I love that walking into a new room after being in a theme park and having that bed freshly made, having nothing there. It's just, I, I don't know, that that's for me is, is a huge pro for the split stay because you just always feel like you're walking into you know, a new fresh room. Especially if you've got four teenage girls that act like animal from the yeah. Muppets tearing it apart every 48 hours. Exactly. <laughs> I only made that mistake one time. I will never, ever. I think that's the one time that I will travel to Disney with four teenage girls and just me as the only adult and only have one room. So Mousekeeping got a big tip. I'm a lacrosse coach, and I know what happens when my team goes to five guys when I buy them dinner after a game, and I have the feeling that they've got nothing on four teenage girls in a studio at Disney. Oh, my gosh. It it really was remarkable. But I will say, I am also a person who is, like, very, very meticulous when it comes to cleaning up the room. I will never leave a room in any sort of disarray. So... 
I actually took a picture when we checked out of that room because I was so proud of how it only looked like people slept in the bed. It didn't look like the place had been ransacked the night before. So I just need to, you know, a, a little disclaimer there so people don't think that I'm trashing the place and just leaving. <laughs> Amy's folding the towels and putting them back on the shelves and Clorox wiping, doing the mousekeeping job for them. I mean, not quite to that degree, but I do wipe down counters and I do pick up towels and I, I just, I want the floor to be visible and I want every surface to be visible when I leave a room. It also helps. That's a, a, also a way that I make sure that I don't forget anything is like to be very thorough about going through all of the things that stay in the resort that belong at the resort and going through them and putting them in a neat and tidy fashion to make sure that none of my stuff that has previously been ransacked and thrown all over the place is now tied up with sheets or towels or under beds or left in some nook and cranny in the room. We'll strip the beds. We'll take all the towels. I'll roll everything up, pop it in the bathtub. To me, it's not just, I mean, part of it is just being conscientious and helping mousekeeping out. But really, by doing that, we're saving probably 10 or 15 minutes off of them cleaning the room, and it turns it over that much faster for the next family who's trying to get in and get their kids in the room and get their day settled. I just kind of see it as a paying it forward type of thing. Yeah, I definitely yeah, try to clean up the room a little bit. I put all the towel, like all the towels and everything on one pile. And Scott said you steam bad. clean the crevices, and oh, yeah. how, how bad is it? It's pretty bad. It doesn't even look like we stayed in the room. Not true. <laughs> so, you know, Amy had mentioned it earlier. One of the things we do like about split stays is it accomplishes a couple of things. So if we're staying in a studio, it does give us something to look forward to at the end of the trip. So I'm one of those weird people. I actually count down in my head where we are in the trip, and I start getting sadder and sadder once we hit the middle day because I know I'm that much closer to going home because most of the vacation is already done. But when we have, you know, if we're staying in a studio and then moving over to a bigger room, it does give us something to look forward to. It allows us to spread out a little more. It gives the kids something to look forward to. But one thing that I don't think we've mentioned is if you're split staying, especially in that way where you like the bigger rooms, but you're okay with the studio for a few days, is it does allow you to maximize your points. So you don't have to spend all the points for that big room and still get that one or two bedroom experience towards the end of your trip. You know, for now, owning it poly and now outgrowing our room, but loving the Polynesian so much, fingers crossed for that tower. It does allow us to go get our Polynesian fix, get that smell in the lobby. You know, especially we tend uh, in our December trip, the kids love that 12 days of Polynesian Christmas. You know, five big fat pigs. <laughs> we get that feeling. We get to go hang out at the pool. We get to have dole whips by the pool while watching fireworks at night and then move over to another resort that allows us to spread out a little bit and not be so cramped inside that studio. So that is one of the benefits of split stays. And for this upcoming trip, I actually made that offer to the kids. I said, I really miss Polynesian. I, I know you guys want to go to Old Key West. Can we stay at Polynesian for two or three days ahead of time? Number one, it would have saved me some points for that two-bedroom trip we need to take in January. But I miss the Polynesian. So I wanted to do that split stay because I want to get back to the Polynesian so badly. And they wanted to go elsewhere. Unfortunately, I was grossly outvoted by a 8- and an 11-year-old. But you know, I was making that push. I would do it for that 
As Amy said, if there's something I wanted to see, a resort I desperately wanted to get back to, or let's say a Christmas party we wanted to go to when we wanted to have a night by the Christmas party so it wasn't such an ordeal getting back to the room, I would consider it for that. But as an overall rule, we just tend to shy away from them because of the little kids and the difficulties it presents. Well, and I, and I agree with that as a pro in terms of the points management, because when my kids were younger, we stayed put in one resort. We got larger units. We went for, you know, one long trip a year. Now I am traveling much more frequently, taking smaller trips, and I am kind of a, a points miser. I want to make my points stretch as far as possible, but I do want to be able to stay at Grand Floridian or I want to be able to stay at Bay Lake Tower or wherever that that's higher than what my home resort points charts are. So it does give me the flexibility to be able to say, yeah, I'm going to book three nights at Beach Club or, you know, three nights at Boardwalk, but then also throw in a night or two at a higher points resort so that I can get the experience of staying there and the feel of staying there without needing to spend all of the the points on, you know, five nights or seven nights or, or however long it is at, at that higher points resort. And it's kind of, I mean, it does kind of become fun when you're piecing those trips together. You know, whenever I book a, a split stay, it typically does not end up looking the way that it looks when I first book it. I go back and I'm constantly looking and modifying and and trying to, you know, maximize the points while also making the most sense in terms of the flow of the trip, because I don't really want to, I want to make sure that it makes sense with what I want to accomplish on that trip to, to be staying someplace. So, you know, it, it definitely becomes a points management tool and it becomes a kind of like almost like a transportation management tool for me too, because I can then decide, you know, if I'm staying if I want on the days I'm going to Epcot and Hollywood Studios, I'll stay at Boardwalk or Beach Club. But then on the days where I'm, you know, want to go to Magic Kingdom, I'll stay at a Seven Seas Lagoon or a Wilderness Lodge. There's definitely that that aspect of it in terms of crafting the trip based on where I'm staying, which is fun. And the doggy has entered the podcast. That's what I like to see. <laughs> Amy touched on something there as well that I think we we haven't mentioned. It's a great way to experiment and experience a resort that you want to see without committing to a full trip. So I know there are resorts that I would love to try out, but maybe I don't want seven, 10 days at that resort. So maybe if I have a little split stay with a couple of days on the front end, I can get a taste of that resort, see if I like it, and then we'll know later on down the road that we want to stay there for a longer period of time, but I don't need to commit the entire vacation to that resort. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I also, um, I feel like split stays for me, they, and it, it's kind of the point that you touched on, Phil, with the sadness, not, you know, the mid-trip sadness, you know, hitting quite as hard. It also, in addition to like minimizing the sadness, it kind of, for me, like makes each, it kind of makes the vacation feel new each time I, I check into a new resort. So a bunch of little mini vacations within the vacation. Yeah, that's that's kind of how, how it feels for me. And it feels like this type of travel is not something that I would want to do if I was traveling to any place else in the world, right? I'm not going to go to Miami and <laughs> be like, I'm going to book four different hotels and change a hotel every night. Like, that is not no. what I'm going to do. But 
because we're talking about a place like Disney World where each resort is an experience, kind of the way each theme park is an experience, for me, the way that I look at it is that it's just an extension of kind of the overall experience of being in Disney where you're experiencing the immersion, you're experiencing the magic. It's kind of like just like you would go from country to country and world showcase, like that's kind of how I view going from resort to resort for split stays. And you're within the bubble the entire time. Yeah. You know, your luggage gets moved. Could you imagine trying to hustle all of your luggage onto a public transportation bus in downtown Miami to go three blocks over to a new hotel? <laughs> Dear God. Right. Right. Like it just, it would, it, this, the split stay concept only makes sense in Disney World. Or if you're going to a different country where you're traveling, you know, if you're going to Italy and you're going to Naples and Rome and, you know, Tuscany, yeah, then it makes sense. But if you're, to your point, I'm not going to go three blocks away in a, you know, major metropolitan area just to experience a different hotel. Or Vegas. Crickets. I was going to say there, but I had this visual the last time I was in Vegas and there were plenty of people pushing shopping carts up and down the strip, but they were staying in different places every night for a whole different reason. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, the split stay is like a concept that's, I think, very unique to Disney and it, and very, and and very unique to DVC because I don't think that there are probably a lot of people who are booking people who are not DVC who are booking their Disney World vacation, unless they are people who kind of have division amongst the ranks where somebody loves contemporary and somebody loves Beach Club and, you know, they have to stay at both because otherwise, you know, there will be civil war within the family. I feel like DVC just, it it is this very unique thing that happens as a DVC member because we have the flexibility and because we go so frequently. So we're not needing to create a trip that's going to be our one trip for to last us for the next two or three years. That's not entirely true, actually. I have a few friends who do split stay on regular resorts and cash days. And for them, it is a way, well, okay, let me back it up. They will stay either at a value or a moderate, and they will book the last couple of days at the deluxe they love, but they don't want to pay for that deluxe experience for the entire trip. So they will stay at Pop or they will stay at Caribbean Beach, and then they will move over to, let's say, Beach Club or Yacht Club for the last two or three days. So they get that deluxe feel, they get the immediate access to the park, they get Storm Along Bay, they get the volcano pool at Polynesian they hit it really, really hard for the first part of their vacation with those lower price stays and then move over to a deluxe so they can end on that high note and enjoy that resort for what the deluxes have to offer. So I I do know that it happens, certainly not as frequently as those of us that are trying to cobble together vacations or maximize our points, but it is sort of a concept on the cash stay side for people who like to experience the different levels and end at a, a deluxe. Well, and to that point, it's what makes us so lucky with DVC. And we can, you know, we can joke or, and argue whether or not certain DVC resorts are actually deluxe resorts. But I just want to send my apologies out to all those Riviera owners who we just seem to be crapping on the last two episodes. We love you guys. We really do. The reality is, is that regardless of what you think about the resort, the great thing about DVC is that no matter where you stay, you're getting deluxe resort perks. And so, you know, if I am hopping from Old Key West to Saratoga Springs to Riviera to Contemporary to Beach Club, I'm getting those perks. So I'm getting early park entry every day. 
regardless of which DVC resort I'm staying at or hopping to, which, you know, you, you wouldn't get if you were, you know, like the deluxe resort perks, you don't get if you're hopping from pop to, to yacht. And we've had that discussion inside our house where we're going to Old Key West or we're staying at Resort X or Resort Y. And I, I need to remind myself and sometimes my wife, it's like, hey, look, at the end of the day, our worst case scenario is that we've got a one bedroom at Old Key West. Can we just kind of temper our expectations a tiny bit and realize how lucky we are to be in that position? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I, I feel like we could probably end every single one of these podcast episodes by just saying how lucky we are with DVC because we have this option to craft a vacation based on our needs, stay where we want to stay, hop if we want to, stay put if we want to, and enjoy the benefits of deluxe resort parks no matter where we stay on property as long DVC. Well, I think that's probably a fantastic place to wrap it up. What do you guys think? Well said. I have a question. 17. If you could if you could do a split stay right now, what two resorts would you pick? I'm bouncing from Polynesian to start with a studio to get that feel, and I am probably going over to Boardwalk in a one-bedroom Boardwalk view for the last section. No surprises there, were there? I am picking Polynesian and Animal Kingdom Lodge only because we have not stayed at either of those in quite some time, and I'm kind of missing both of them. I almost said Grand Floridian because I want to go over and stay at the Grand. We just have not been able to make it happen yet because the availability for what we wanted, but I didn't want to just move from Poly to Grand because they're next door to each other, but I almost said Poly to Grand Floridian for that exact same reason. I'm doing the one-bedroom value at uh, Jumbo House because it's cheap points. Club level? Oh, no, never mind. That's not cheap points. <laughs> can, I, can I only pick two resorts? This is like a, a two-resort split stay. Is this what the scenario is? Oh, wait a minute. We could pick more than two? That's a whole different story. I thought this was two days. Just two resorts. Oh, two resorts, but how long okay, are we two there? resorts. Like <laughs> we, we, need more, we need more information. No, but I We think need that- more points. Two resorts, four days. So you're at the you're at each resort for two days. Okay, so I'm going with Boulder Ridge and Beach Club. Also, not a surprise. We are predictable. I'll give you that. I'm going uh, Riviera and Grand Floridian. Wow. For research purposes, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I love Riviera. I almost bought points there. And I haven't been there for a while, so I want to go see it. Perfect. Hey, I, I can well, do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I think well, that'll wrap it up for the night. Any last words? But uh, no, you know what? I think Kathleen's little question was our last words. I think that was a fantastic way to end it. Yeah, it was. That that was a great way to finish us off. So you know, thank you everyone for tuning in and listening. We love when you join in on the conversation when we post the episode on Facebook. So definitely give us your thoughts there. And until next time, we will DVC real soon. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye, guys. See you later, guys. And so our journey comes to an end. Oh, no, please. Can't we go back to page one and do it all over again? Started this thing together. And that's how we finish it. Because that, my friends, is where the magic lives. Happily ever.